Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Yoga in My School podcast. Today we have a really interesting topic. We're looking at mindful cycles and teen girls and fertility awareness. Now, this episode came about because I was reading online and came across uh, an interesting article written by Anna Midgen of Natural Womanhood, and she um, highlighted a program called Teen Star and how they work at creating mindful awareness in teen girls according, uh, regarding their fertility cycles and their menstrual cycles. And I was so intrigued. I have three daughters, and I thought that this was a wonderful uh, topic because I myself was very clueless as a teen and actually for um, for many years until um, I was actually getting um, an acupuncture treatment and my acupuncturist said to me, well, don't you notice that your energy changes according to what week of, the, uh, of your cycle that you're in? And I was like, oh, I guess that's true. Oh, my goodness. So then I started paying attention. But it was, you know, I was well into my 20s. And by the time that somebody even mentioned this to me, and so I, I personally feel very strongly that uh, that awareness into uh, menstrual cycles can give us a lot of insight into who we are, into our mental and emotional and physical health, and, and I'm thrilled with the work that Team Star is doing. And so I'd like to introduce to you our guest today. Our guest is Dr. Hannah Clark, and she is an OBGYN and the founder of Team Star. Dr. Klaus, how are you doing today? I'm very well, Donna. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so glad you could join us this morning. Thanks so much. Uh, So can you tell us, our listeners, a little bit about yourself and how you came to be the founder of Team Star? I'll be happy to do that. Uh, Actually, I started out by trying to prevent abortion. You know, I I am very much opposed to abortion, and I thought the best way to prevent abortion would be to prevent the crisis pregnancy. And I had already been active with the Billings method of natural family planning, and that way of coming to understand what's going on in your cycle was very acceptable to teenagers. I had a, a group of very young teen mothers, and after they had their babies, the question was, where do we go next? 
and obviously some of them were already in relationships and had no intention of stopping. So I taught them very simply about the cervical mucus. Uh, this is a discharge that any woman can learn to notice if she is in her uh, fertile years between the, f the first menstrual period and the, and the last one. And it comes about because the hormones, the first hormone that activates mucus is estrogen, which comes from the ripening egg cell. And it goes, generally it starts off as a sort of a sticky, gummy, tacky material, which a woman can sense at the vulva. She doesn't even have to pick it up and look at it. She can if she wants to. But she has the sensation that she's no longer dry. And then over time, the mucus gradually becomes more wet. It becomes lubricative, clear, stringy, stretchy. And the last day that the mucus is clear and stringy and lubricative is uh, usually associated with ovulation. And there are some rules that have to be applied. But it tells a girl already, you know, that she has been ovulating normally. And after that, progesterone comes in. Now, while she was under the influence of estrogen, she's usually even-tempered and outgoing. That's a generalization. When progesterone comes in, it sort of pulls the psyche inward. One becomes more introspective and arty. And then about three days before the next period, those two hormones have decreased, and the little bit of male hormone that all women have, it's about 10 to 15% as much as men do, but it, you know, it's a powerful hormone. It causes, it's a hormone of energy and of aggression, and many women experience that as, as, as a mood shift, and it's mm -hmm. very helpful to know that it's coming. If you turn that energy outward, usually you have a short fuse, and if you turn it inward, usually it's some species of depression. I'm not talking pathology. I'm talking about the normal mm -hmm. variation of the cycle. And excuse me. <coughs> anyway, my my young women had no difficulty turning that, and also, then when we began to make a, a, a program, a, a school program out of it, we learned all sorts of things from the girls. Like um, one of my teachers was told by her student, "Oh, when my sister and I have a fight, I just say go get your chart." And if it's that part of the cycle, I say, forget it. We'll talk about it later. So there's some very practical applications to that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you yeah. have more questions. Um, yeah, I do. Okay. So tell us a little bit about this program, this Team Star program, and this idea of charts. You've mentioned, you know, go get your chart. Um, so mm -hmm. what is what is this? Well, it's it's actually... It can be many things. It can be a paper chart where the girls record verbally their descriptions, or they can use different colors. We have a red color for bleeding and a green color for dry days. And when the mucus begins, we use a white sticker with a baby on it because when adults make use of this information and have sexual relations, they can become pregnant at that time. Um, it it generally takes the girls at least three times around before they discover that from that last day of slippery mucus that we call a peak until the next period, 
is usually the same number of days in a given woman's cycle. The average is 14, but anything from 11 to 16 is within normal limits. And once the girl realizes that her period comes just in when she expects it, you know, her body's talking to her. We call this experiential mm-hmm. learning. And this is when the girls own their fertility. And once they do, we have found that their behavior changes. They move away from peer pressure and begin to make their own decisions. And frankly, those who have already been sexually involved, a good many of them stop at that point because they realize there's so much more to this behavior than only the moment. So it has it has many implications in many directions. But it does an average of three times around before the girl can say, this is me. And uh, hmm. we do encourage them to to keep a record. And once they got the pa- the picture, some like to stay with the paper recordings, and others like to put it on their smartphones. But it's important if they use a smartphone that they don't use many of the so-called fertility charting apps because they make interpretations. And it's really important for the girls just to make an observation and make her own interpretation because, first of all, she's not using this to avoid pregnancy or to achieve pregnancy. She's learning it to discover herself. So it's different. But we have found that every culture has the same physiology. We have programs in North America and Latin America, in Africa. We had big programs in Uganda and Ethiopia funded by USAID under the PEPFAR program. Um, We are in Eastern Europe and Western Europe. Um, Asia Minor, we have something in Azerbaijan. Korea has a wonderful program going and others are starting. So it doesn't really matter what language this is taught in because the body has its own language and has its own truth. And once you discover it, you're empowered. Mm-hmm. By the way, well, and that's just what I'm hearing from your voice. It's, you know, that you're, that this is such an important tool for girls to discover themselves and to learn about themselves and to say, this is who I am. Right. But, you know, boys are also in need of understanding themselves. Now, the boys don't have a cycle, but they have to understand how how their body reacts and what it means. And we have a parallel program for young men, which has to be taught by a man, because, frankly, what they have to learn is self-possession. And Mm. you have to be inside of a man's skin in order to convey that to a boy. But it works, and it, you know, a STAR stands for sexuality teaching in the context of adult responsibility. So it's, it means once you understand yourself, you are responsible in a, in a much wider way for your behavior. And there's nothing wrong with that. It means being grown up. And I think <laughs> our, our culture can use that very much. Um, <laughs> We have too many people who still are stuck in in adolescence, even though physically they are well past it. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do agree, definitely. Yeah, so I saw some pictures of some of the charts, and 
and in each or in the in the description about it, and there was this idea of the rabbit hole um, and going down <laughs> the rabbit that. hole. Okay, now you have to explain that to me because I don't know what you mean. Well, I think what they were alluding to in the article was that there was that time in everyone's cycle where they kind of, um, it might have been when, um, you know, just before their periods where they kind of go into this funk of kind of the depression or the aggression or, oh, like, well, that, ah, that's... I just, I don't get it. I, and, and sometimes we think that that's how we are all the time when we're in that. It's like, oh, this will never end. Um, okay, well, um, so well, well this is when awareness of of those those things coming and going can help to empower women. Well, for one thing, if you're keeping a chart and you know how long that second half of the cycle, which we call the luteal phase, by the way, because it's produced by the the changed construction in the ovary. Once the egg cell has locked, has left the follicle. It turns into a yellow body. Of, in Latin, it's corpus luteum, so we call it the luteal phase. But since the luteal phase is usually the same number of days, say uh, say the average is 14 days, well, about day 11 of that phase, you're going to begin to notice some mood changes. And I think that's what they call the rabbit hole. And as mm-hmm. I tried to explain beforehand, this is because estrogen and progesterone are dropping, and what's left is male hormone, testosterone, and that is the hormone of aggression. If you turn the aggression outward, you know, you have a short fuse, you can do all, maybe act impulsively before you think it through and all the rest of it, you talk before you think. Just what most of us have experienced, if you turn that inward, as I say, it's depression. Sometimes it, it women find that they want to eat sugar all the time or or chocolate or something. And uh, incidentally, if young, if my young people talk to me about that, my suggestion is avoid the sugar and the chocolate mm-hmm. because every time you, add, you, you take in sugar, of course, you, bl- you raise your blood sugar, you trigger a release of insulin, it goes down again. Mm-hmm. So you're up and down, up and down, up and down. Whereas if you stick to a high-protein diet... The supply of glucose that the liver supplies is is steady, and you avoid the constant ups and downs, which are not all that pleasant. So there are many ways that insight can help you. I mean, you talk about yoga; it's it's all part of the truth of the body, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, well, that's just and we we need to understand ourselves, and uh, at least don't do things that make us more difficult. So I think that's <laughs> that's what I mean about the rabbit hole because, well, you know, you, you keep eating sugar, you're going to keep releasing insulin, you know, your blood sugar is going to mm-hmm. go down, and you'll release glucagon, and you're just in a merry-go-round. So you can skip mm-hmm. that whole phase if you understand what's going on. But mindful well, I awareness... I what's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, you had mindful awareness of the menstrual cycle helps teens take charge of their, what is it, behavior? Absolutely. Um, And you know, it's not just the menstrual cycle, it's that whole physiology, because we've had interesting stories from boys also. 
Uh, this was really one story that was in Ethiopia, as you can imagine. And we had had the Teen Star program in, in the school, and the youngsters were assembled. There were more than 100 of them. And one boy got up and he said, you know, before I came into this program, I used to go out at, in the evening and drink beer. And now I stay home, my friends come, and we do our homework. And I thought, my, that's a wonderful change. And then the parents came in, and one man got up, and he started to say, you know, my son. And it was the same story. And then he said, and I'm the government education officer for this district, and I have 22 schools, and I want Teen Star in all of them. And I said, oh, wonderful. It'll take us more than five minutes to get your teachers trained for you. But <laughs> but it's it's happening because there were already excellent teachers trained in the school where we were having the, the session, and they were, not, they were qualified to train new teachers. Our teachers do have to be trained. It's not just handing somebody a book and say, go read this, mm-hmm. because it's experiential learning. And the teachers need to know an awful lot more than the youngsters. They need to know the physiology. They need to understand adolescent development. They need to understand what happens between teens and adolescents. I'm sorry, and their parents, because it's a, it's a difficult time for many parents also. And once parents mm-hmm. understand that the kids need to pull away from them to form their own personalities, but at the same time, Parents are still the most important people in that kid's life, although the kid generally would die rather than admit it. So it it helps if everybody understands what's going on. And yes. ultimately, and I know, love that, our, that it, that is happening. That parents are seeing how can I assist? What new input right. can I gain into my team to be supportive to them? Um, without smothering them, of course. Like we want, to, we want independent adults to leave the home. <laughs> That's the goal. Eventually, um, but w- while they're still teenagers, they need boundaries and they need help. Mm-hmm. Even though they may t- talk as if they don't, because frankly, you know, the the brain doesn't reach adult maturity until the middle 20s, according to the work that's mm-hmm. been done by the by Jay Gate at the NIH. And uh, until then, kids are more and more vulnerable to impulsive behavior because the, the brain circuits that reach the, the midbrain are much shorter than the ones that reach the prefrontal gyrus, which is where ultimately rational decision-making is made. And so, yes, they do need support. And I know parents want to give it, but sometimes they they feel like no matter what they say, we're not getting through. And there again, Mm -hmm. we have help for the parents. And incidentally, nobody comes into our program as a minor who does not have consent from a parent or a guardian, because the parents have the primary responsibility for the children, and that we can come and help with their permission. But we certainly would not consider that they have nothing to say and just jump over them. That That is a real mm-hmm. wrong move. Yeah. But yeah. we, we go to the... As parents. Well, you have to. It's their right. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. we, 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 before we approach the youngsters, we send a letter to the parents and explain what we want to do. And we offer them a meeting of explanation. And then 
then only do we approach the youngsters. And if they want to join, they sign a consent form, but then they have to go out and get the signature from one parent so that everything is open and above board. Because some of the things they say to us are really confidential, and uh, we have to respect that also, and so, and the parents have to understand that. So it's a complex program. It's labor-intensive. Our classes meet once a week, if we can, for a class period. We ask our teachers to meet with each individual student at least once every two months, find out what they're understanding, what they're misunderstanding, what they're learning, and what they're doing, and to guide them if they're into activities which are causing long-range harm. Uh, We also, as a compulsive doctor, I always do exit questionnaires anonymously to find Mm -hmm. out in terms of behavior. And we find that nearly all of the youngsters who have not yet started sexual activity don't. And of those who have started, on average, half stop. It runs between one-third and two-thirds in the groups. But there have been so many positive outcomes and feedback. I think it's worth doing. It's 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 labor intensive. Yes. Will not, I won't take. But you know, anything worthwhile doing takes takes effort. People think they can just have one glorious week, and you know, and uh, we have wonderful talks, and then you get wonderful outcome evaluations, and three days later, the kids have forgotten they ever heard it because they're into something else. Whereas when you have your own body talking to you, you can't ignore it. And that's one of the values of experiential learning. Yes, exactly. So that hands-on, uh, oh, this is how I feel, and now I'm being aware of it. Oh, okay, know, this is what it means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most of the kids, once they have started making observations, they continue. One of my teachers in the Bronx was in the supermarket, and the cashier said, oh, Mr. Gansik, you know, I'm still charting. Well, this was seven mm-hmm. years later. <laughs> yeah. She was, but also and, uh, you're instilling habits, healthful habits into them, awareness habits of life. That's um, right. That, you know, they'll just, they learn it now, and then they use it for the rest of their lives, which is so empowering and so wonderful. It's exactly what you want to do, I think. Well, eventually, you know, when you, when young people marry, they can use this information to either achieve or avoid pregnancy. But this, of course, would mean, among other things, telling their spouse what's going on and involving their cooperation. But I find most men are delighted when they discover what's going on. And they're more than happy to cooperate with their wives. And once again, I have experience from many places. I introduced the Billings Method in Kenya in 1978, and we had a wonderful group of couples who knew nothing but were willing to learn. And this may be very interesting to you. We asked an anthropologist from the University of Nairobi to evaluate the couples before the program and a year later. And before the program, uh, the women were saying that the most important thing about sexual relations was having children. And a year later, 
that same question was answered differently. They said the most important thing about sex was love. Can you see the growth that took place? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about relationships and connection. Yes, well... Before then, this was a very patriarchal tribe that we were working with, and the men made all the decisions. A year later, they shared in all the decision-making, how to spend the money, where to send the children to school, what clothes to buy, what books to buy. And I said to myself, you know, the, the planning of families was the least important thing about this program. What it did is it raised women to the level of full partnership in the marriage. And I think That's very powerful. so many of the women who just suppress their fertility with any method, they don't do that. Their relationship doesn't change. But when a man has to respect a woman's body, he has to respect her person. And then things change. So I'm all for it. <laughs> and you, and we, do, we do we do we do train teachers and we do have a website it's just called teenstarprogram.org teen is spelled t e e n some people say t a a t a m and that's not what's going to get us but we will be advertising our workshops and we certainly encourage people to do yoga i think that's great Exercise is wonderful, <laughs> and become being mindful of all parts of your body is wonderful. After all, oh, that's you know, it. It's, yeah. it's we're integrative beings, and and we need to be draw awareness into those those uh, those places that we are, might be a little bit blind sometimes or ignore. It's like how about we shine a light here for a little while and see how that goes. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you. I so appreciated you taking the time out of your day to chat with us about um, fertility cycles, about becoming aware of um, hormones, uh, what's going on in our bodies, um, and by doing so, empowering us and leading us on a wonderful journey of self-discovery. Well, thank you. It was wonderful to be able to talk with you about that, and thank you for your own work, which is another aspect of, as you say, self-discovery. It, well, that's truly what it's all about, self-discovery and connecting with ourselves and with other people in really wholesome and wholesome life. Right. Well, very good. <laughs> Many thanks. Thank you very much. Yes, thanks. Have a wonderful day. You too, dear. God bless. Bye-bye. We've been chatting with Hannah Klaus of Team Star, and she has been a wonderful example of a life dedicated to increasing mindfulness about our physical bodies and about our fertility cycles so that we can be empowered with knowledge and with understanding. Um, and if you'd like some more information about their program, please visit teenstar.org online, and she will let you know that all the information there will be about their training, about their programs, and they are offered worldwide. All right? So if you're looking for more tips and techniques to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of youth, please follow Yoga in My School on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. We have all kinds of links. We have been doing this podcast for many, many years. And if you're interested in providing us with a suggestion for a topic that you'd like to see covered, please email me, 
Donna at yogainmyschool.com. To help others to discover this show and the benefits of yoga and mindfulness for you by sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Namaste.